0: Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to Episode 69 of the Flying Free Podcast. Today, I have Rachel and Becky here with me, and we are going to be answering a listener question that has So many, uh, it actually has so many questions in it and there's so many things to talk about. Um, it's, this is, this could be triggering though for some of you. So brace yourselves. Okay. I know this actually kind of triggered me because I could relate to so many things, um, that she asked. So the woman that, um, wrote in, she has been in and out of therapy for several years both uh, by herself as well as in, you know, co-therapy with her husband. And she is coming at this from the perspective of being a person who wants things to work. She believes that her husband is trying and she believes that her husband is changing, but she said he still blames her and tries to control her. Um, The counsel, she said that she feels like the counseling has helped him to temper his rage She says she's been practicing healthy boundaries, but she has been accused of pulling away from her husband. The counselor is telling her that it's her fault because she has childhood triggers. So in other words, she's interpreting his abuse incorrectly due to her own issues. And the way that she's presenting her boundaries is triggering her husband. I have so many things I want to say right now, but I'm going to mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I can hold mm-hmm. back.
0: <laughs> then the counselor tells her to have boundaries in place um, so that she won't feel the shame and the blame because her pain is caused by her past and it's not being caused by what's happening in her present. <laughs> the counselor has further told her that both her husband and she are right in their perspectives. Nobody's wrong here. They both have their own perspectives and they're both right. Right. And she needs to stop expecting that only her husband has to work on his stuff because she obviously has things she needs to work on as well. Then she writes that she is confused. I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) And she doesn't know where her responsibility begins and ends. She's losing sleep and has anxiety and depression. Okay so I want to there there again like I said there are so many layers of things that we can talk about here. I think we need to talk about you know is her husband actually changing and what does change actually look like? I think we need to talk I think there's some confusion surrounding what boundaries are and I think she's been placed in this quintessential catch 22 where she's told to have boundaries but when she does have boundaries she's being scolded for pulling away and she's also being scolded for not presenting her boundaries properly. So have boundaries, but make sure that you're presenting them properly. Um, she's told that nobody is right or wrong in the situation. And yet she's being scolded and told a lot of things that she's, you know, that she's wrong in a lot of things. This is creating all kinds of cognitive dissonance in her mind. And I believe that that's what's causing her anxiety and depression. So where do we even want to start you guys?
2: And then there's the whole counselor thing.
1: Yeah. The counselor says that, um, that, that she, that, that she is being abused. If I remember correctly, he acknowledged that. Right. Yeah. yeah. A- and yet obviously doesn't know what that really means. Or that that's wrong. Apparently. Or that, right. Or, or and it's, yeah, it's okay to mm-hmm. acknowledge that you're abused and then just continue.
2: So the counselor looks like he has cognitive dissonance. You're abused, but you're yes. both equally responsible right. for this problem, right. <laughs> right. which I've experienced. I'm sure you girls have too.
0: Yeah. yeah it's I, crazy.
1: I can feel the, the anxiety rising in my chest as you read that. Like I, I feel so badly for this woman and, and anyone who's in a situation like that. No yeah. wonder if she's confused. There's a reason
2: for that. Well, I'll jump on the boundaries for a second because it took me years to really grasp what boundaries were. And I'll tell you what I used to think of boundaries. Like I thought many different things, but one of the the ones that I even in the last year realized I was doing was saying more like my boundary would look like if you, then I And I realized in the last year, wait a minute, I don't even need to condition it because that's again, trying to control their response. So instead my boundary is I will not if you, but I will. So I will not accept somebody doing such and such to me. You know, let's say berating, uh, I will, or shaming like in a conversation, your husband is shaming you. I'm sorry. I will not proceed in this conversation while you're shaming me, not if you shame me, I will I don't know if y'all get the distinction. Mm-hmm. but in on the first hand, it was more like I was still that mindset that I had to be responsible for his behavior. But in the second mindset of I will not put up with this, so to speak, it's more like no, I'm not taking responsibility for your behavior. I'm taking full responsibility for my behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. really important distinction there.
0: Well, and you don't have to, when you're, when you're, you don't have to communicate, like you're saying, you don't have to communicate all of your boundaries. They are just there. Right. Mm-hmm. And if someone, it would be like, again, if you use the, the idea of someone coming into your yard or come, walking into your home, well, that's a boundary. What? You don't know that? You don't know that that's my boundary. You can't just walk into my home. So I'm going to tell you, you need to leave. I'm going to tell you to leave. And if you don't leave, I'm going to call the police because you just walked into my home. You don't have a right to do that. Right. I, I didn't. I don't. I'm not going to go around to all of my neighbors and say. By the way, I'm just going to let you know what my boundary is. You can't come into my home without knocking first. I'm right? not do, I'm exactly not do that.
2: Yeah, and that's that's part of the abuse, both by the counselor and the husband, is not allowing her to be an individual that has the same rights as they have. Exactly. So when somebody starts telling you you don't have a right to certain boundaries, they're telling you you don't have a right to be human. You have a right to whatever boundaries you want to put in your life. That's your decision. If they're trying to tell you different, they're trying to control you. That's yeah. not their business. There's God in heaven and that is his business, not theirs. Yeah. Yes. You know,
1: another part of this that's so confusing is the fact that they've brought up her, her childhood trauma and how that is the lens that she is apparently looking at things through and, and that what a what a confusing um just circle of of doubt that that places her in because if her entire perception of events is being questioned because of things that she went through in the past what is she even supposed to do it's like what is real and what is not exactly right i and remember I, you know, oh go ahead sir no, oh i was just going to say i have childhood trauma as you guys do as well but as i mean i think i speak can speak for all of us in our relationships now that are with healthy men we are able to see what is from the the childhood trauma and versus what is real and that's because we've done the work but we were it was only when we were able to get out that we were actually able to do the work
2: yeah you know i i had um the very last counselor i saw with my ex it was a woman and uh it it was, it was very terrible <laughs> but he instantly had her um i think counselors immediately want to latch onto something that they in their education or their experience know how to work with because when when, when our problems come up like the, this emotional co- uh, covert abuse i don't think a lot of therapists or counselors know exactly how to handle that so when they hear childhood trauma ooh latch I can work with that, right? So I was sitting there and my ex convinced, and I had a terrible childhood, a lot of abuse. But I also had already worked through all of that on my own between me and God and just had come, you know, and then realized that can't define who I am and it can't define my actions. But here we are in therapy, and I'm talking years later, she pulls out this big whiteboard and starts writing you know, what's the name of your father, what's the name of your mother, what's the name of your grandfather, what's the name of your grandmother? And and she wants to connect the dysfunction in the family and how I got it. And I'm sitting here going, and I finally, after about 20 minutes, I said, ma'am, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but this is not the problem. I have worked through those issues, those are not the problem. I am not the problem. I'm doing my part. I'm being responsible for myself and my behavior. I'm not 100% wonderful at responding, but I apologize when needed. I ask forgiveness. That's not what we're here for. And I just remember as clear day, she, she just, and she was a not a good therapist um, because she really wanted to take his side. Um, but anyway, I just think when a therapist latches on to childhood trauma, and I am not discounting that at all, but at some point, we have to say, yeah, that that's childhood trauma, but that does not define me and it does not define my responses. And if it does, okay, I'll deal with that. But that has
0: nothing to do with the way he is treating me. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> well, and it sounds like he's got issues with rage and that, again, his rage is not her child. That's not because of her childhood trauma. What yeah. I What I noticed throughout the whole thing is that she is actually being blamed not by only by her husband, but she's, ble- she's actually the responsibility for everything is being put on her. She's responsible. Mm-hmm. Here's what she's responsible for. She's responsible for triggering her husband's rage. Mm-hmm. So his, he is not responsible for his rage. He's not responsible for the way he blames her and shames her. She is. She's responsible for, um, not putting boundaries in place. But when she does put boundaries in place, she's responsible for pulling away and having boundaries. So she's responsible for it's that, that's like she gets scolded either way for that. She's also responsible for um, incorrectly um, talking about her boundaries. So um, she is, what she's doing is she's, and I remember feeling like this in my relationship. And when I was dealing with other people too, I was on a high wire and if I moved even the slightest, you know, centimeter to the right, I would fall off. And if I moved to the slightest centimeter to the left, I would fall off. Either way, I would fall off. And trying to walk that wire while also parenting, while also working, while also homeschooling, while also, you know, trying to volunteer at church, all of, I I couldn't I couldn't do it. Nobody can do that. No. Nobody. He's in a no
2: win situation.
0: Y- you're not, you are. It's a and, no win situation.
2: And she has to make the decision to leave that game. Yes. And set A new game, a new path and say, okay. And I think that's the bottom line is, and that's the hardest thing in the world to do is to, uh, in so many ways, become everything we were taught. We were not allowed to be, you know, uh, brave, stand up for yourself, draw the lines, be, and you know what it is? It's being in charge. She has to be in charge of herself and her situation. And we're taught our whole lives in the Christian world. No, 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 you're not in charge. You just do what the man says. You just do what the authorities say. And so she, and I don't know about you girls. I had to break you know, they talk about women breaking glass ceilings. I had to break all these glass ceilings in my life of getting past thinking I had no rights and that, it, or that it was sinful for me to stand up for myself mm-hmm. and, and it it doesn't happen overnight. And I, I, I really want this, this chick to know that, that this is a pro, this is a, uh, it is a long pathway, but it's a wonderful pathway. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and piggybacking off of that, um, you know, if you're listening to this, um, and, and and even if she's not, but there are other people that are listening to this too. You, I know that you wrote that you want to make this work, but if making this work means that you have to lose lose yourself, that you have to give up all control of your own life. This is basically reneging on your responsibility to yourself, who God actually put you in charge of. He didn't put you in charge of your husband. He didn't put you in charge of your counselor. He didn't put you in charge of your church. He put you in charge of you. So this would be saying, okay, I'm not going to be in charge of me anymore. I'm going to let the counselor decide for me. I'm going to let my husband decide if he's changed or not. If he says he's changed, he must have changed. I'm going to let everybody else control my life because that's how I feel, that's how, that's what I'm used to doing. That's how I feel safe. I can Mm -hmm. feel loved. I can feel, you know, like people are involved in my life as long as I do what they want me to do. That is, if you, if that's what you want, then, you know, there are ways that you can, well, you can keep doing, you, you doing your coping mechanisms, but it sounds to me like you are saying that you are anxious, riddled with anxiety and depression. So it sounds to me like it's not working for you and if that's the case and you want something different, the key is that you need to start taking control of your own life and you need to tell the counselor, no, you don't get to decide for me what's real and what isn't. I do. I decide what I've experienced. I decide if I'm going to feel good about what my husband is doing to me or how he's treating me or if I'm going to feel not good about that. And if I don't feel good about that, I get to say, I'm not going to be around that kind of treatment anymore. I don't, I, I choose to say, no, you can, you know, you counselor, you can decide for yourself that both my husband and I are right. And that we just have different perspectives. And that's great for you. That's a great decision for you to make for you. And maybe my husband likes that too. Maybe he likes to make that decision for himself more power to both of you but for me i'm choosing something different i'm going to choose to believe that when i'm treated like crap that i get to feel like you know that i get to feel that and embrace that not embrace it but you know i get to acknowledge that that's a crap crappy way of being treated and i won't i'm not going to put up with that behavior someone's going to treat mm-hmm. me like that i will remove myself from the situation i'm going to hang out with people who you know treat me with respect because i have self respect Because I can, because I don't have to, I don't have to be controlled by everybody else in my life. I actually get to control my own life. Is this content resonating with you? I've written a book for women of faith in destructive relationships called, Is It Me? Making Sense of Your Confusing Marriage, A Christian Woman's Guide to Hidden Emotional and Spiritual Abuse. You can read reviews and find out more about my book on Amazon.com. It comes in paperback, Kindle, and Audible formats. And new for 2020, I've created a companion workbook for Is It Me, also available on Amazon. This workbook is like 11 power-packed therapy sessions to help you process through the important material you'll be learning from my book. These books are recommended by counselors and therapists all over the United States. I've also got a website specifically focused on helping women of faith find hope and healing. It's called flyingfreenow.com. I'll even give you the first chapter of my book and the first chapter of my companion workbook for free when you hop on my mailing list at the top of my website. Those two resources are going to help you figure out if your relationship is normal or destructive. And now, let's get back to our episode.
2: This is a side note and it's a funny I'll share with your audience. My daughter is in college and she takes a b- lot of Bible classes and she she said to me last night she goes, "You know what the definition of heresy really is, mom?" And I said, "What's that, honey?" And she goes, "It's just thinking for yourself sometimes."
0: Well, <laughs> I just
2: funny. it was so Imagine. funny because that's it's what we I mean, really to to stand up for yourself, you have to start be- start recognizing some belief systems that you have that might not be right or, and, and they're, they're belief systems that actually harm you. And, mm-hmm. so, and that's a, I mean, it takes a lot of courage.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that, um, you know, sh- her main question here was she wasn't really sure where her responsibility began and where it ended so this is a person who's very conscientious okay. and she wants to know and i don't know if this person has read my article that i wrote recently on um it was on the the superpowers that you ha- that most survivors have but i would okay. encourage you to go back and read that article but one of the superpowers is co- this conscientiousness it's actually not some a concept i came up with it's uh sandra is it sandra brown did a study with Purdue University and conscientiousness was one of the superpowers that survivors have. And so this person is conscientious. She wants to be, she wants to take responsibility for her stuff. Absolutely. What I I see this woman doing is taking responsibility, not just for her stuff. She is taking responsibility for her husband's reactions. So she's saying, to the, she, the the counselor is putting all the responsibility on her. The counselor is putting the man's responsibility on her and her responsibility on her, and she's taking it. And that's why there's so much anxiety and depression. When you really know what's yours and what someone else's, you there is so much freedom. So yeah. you're just because you had a, a a a bad childhood. Most people in the world have had you know, problematic childhoods. Most people have. Okay. And that, that is, doesn't mean that every, and, and some of those people go on to become abusers and some go on to become abuse targets. Okay. Yeah. But the ones that become abuse targets, we, we don't, we, we're not going to trace all abuse and all abuse targetedness down to childhood problems.
2: No because you're not a child anymore. You're an adult and you're making decisions of exactly. where you want your life to go.
0: Exactly. Wow. So if you so if you're if if your husband is saying, you know, "Oh, you triggered me and that's why I raged at you and sh- and blamed and shamed you because you triggered me and you triggered me because it's all of your childhood stuff coming up." Okay, and if you take that. He can say that. That's He can say anything. It's just just words into the universe, right? But if you take that and make that mean that it's now your responsibility that he just raged at you, that's your choice. You get to choose whether or not you're going to make his raging your responsibility. And my advice to you is to not make that your responsibility. Even if the counselor wants, even if everyone in your world wants to say, point their finger at you and say, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. You have to learn how to stand up for yourself and say, I am going to be my own best advocate. And his raging is his choice. And Mm -hmm. he gets to make that choice. He's free to rage all he wants to. I'm going to give him the freedom to rage, but I'm also going to give myself the freedom to say, so long rager. I'm not going to sit here in the same room with you while you're having your little snip fit.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, another thing that is so frustrating about this particular situation, um, but it exemplifies why we don't ever recommend going to marriage counseling together with your abuser. And if the counselor knew what he was doing, he would say we should meet individually. Right. Um, and it's just, it's really frustrating to see the malpractice that happens so often in these cases. She is one of thousands and thousands of women who, um, suffer at the hands, you know, needlessly because the counselor does not know what he's doing.
0: Hmm. The count, yeah. This counselor is, um, is a very bad counselor. Wouldn't you guys say? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I
1: mean, oh, yeah. It's, it's confusing for, I'm sure she feels like, Oh, he's a nice guy. He knows some things you know, he's helped me in some ways. It's never black and white. You know, they're never in a, you
2: know, They a, don't show in a, up in a costume uh, right. you know, uh, saying they're a bad person.
1: <laughs> exactly. And you want to, you want them, you want to be able to trust them and you want to be able to to think that they have solutions and answers and hope for you. Yeah. Um. And so it's really hard to, to cut yourself off and realize like, actually this was not the best advice. Actually, he does not know what he's doing. Actually, this is,
0: um, not what's best for me. Right. Well, and I want to, I want to go back when I, when I say that that counselor is a bad counselor, I'm not saying that they're a bad person. Right. I'm just saying that the, that they're, they're ignorant. They don't understand the dynamic that's going on here. And they really don't understand how to actually set a, a survivor free and empower her while also putting the proper responsibility back onto the husband. So this counselor is just kind of coming alongside of the husband in a very backwards sort of way and doing exactly what he's doing and placing the responsibility back on her. Probably because, and there's lots, there could be many different reasons why a counselor would do that. One would just be ignorance, lack of experience. One could be, I mean, I'm sorry, but counselors bring their own stuff to the table. Yeah. And one could be that this counselor hasn't worked through their own stuff and they are seeing things through a specific kind of a lens and not able to understand the dynamic because because they've got some blind spots there as well. So not a bad person probably, but, but a bad counselor for this particular kind of dynamic.
1: And just needs to learn, just needs to educate himself. It's out there
2: if he wants to learn it. Right. You know, anytime, this is what I've learned. Anytime um, a counselor says you're both wrong, that is such a huge red flag to me. Not that I think one person is always perfect, but first of all, that tends to go along with neuthetic counseling. Uh, like no matter what, both people are wrong. It doesn't matter if he just beat her to near death. She did something wrong in that situation. <laughs> um but you know what I do? I think of myself as um, I played tennis when I was younger and this is how I, this is, I like visuals. So this is how I think of responsibility. Somebody hits a ball to me, the issue, the situation, the one, maybe it's the raging, right? And I have to decide, is that mine? Do I need to catch that ball and keep it? Or do I need to use my tennis racket and uh, send it back over the net? And, and how I answer that question is, is that something that I have within my control to change or do something with? Well, no. Well, then it's not my responsibility. So if he's raging. That's not my responsibility. I can't stop him from raging. We cannot control another person. So I just use my t- tennis racket and I just hit that ball straight back over I'm like a, a a U.S. Open champion these days, <laughs> with s- sending that ball back over, and I do that even with healthy relationships because right. it's just human nature that wants to avoid responsibility, yeah. and it takes maturity and it takes um, a, a love for somebody else more than yourself. Mm-hmm. to To take responsibility for your own thing. So I would tell her, hey, when he throws something at you, when the counselor throws something at you, ask yourself the question, do I have the power within myself to change the situation, the person, the whatever? And if it's, let's say he's raging and you're screaming at him. Well, yeah, you have the the control to stop screaming. So that's the responsibility you take, but you don't take the responsibility for how he's acting. It doesn't matter what you're doing. He needs to ch- take care of his own self.
0: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think. Is there I, anything else from the email that
0: we didn't get to? I don't think so. We've. I think we've covered everything. Okay.
2: Oh, so, yeah. I one more thing. Yeah. Okay. In my own life, I have had um, a relationship that I have had to put some pretty firm boundaries around, and it's been very painful. In the whole process, I. I I've taken a lot of time to really think through it. And, and, um, first of all, it's somebody I love dearly. And so for the first time I'm really able to understand how a wife, I I didn't particularly love my first husband. I had to marry him because my parents made me. Um, so I've, I've really never fully understood the difficulty in divorcing an abuser. Um, But breaking a relationship where you love somebody very much, I'm getting. But um, in the process of the whole thing, all I kept hearing is you have to choose your pain. And if you want the pain of being in the relationship, then you have to acknowledge that you're going to have that pain. Or you can have the pain of not being in the relationship. And yes, that will be very painful, but it also will be so free of the abuse that you're able to net, you're able to deal with that pain. Whereas if you're in, and this is what I came to, I mean, I, I'm not answering for anybody else, but what I came to is if I'm in the pain of the relationship, I don't have the emotional strength to deal with what is being placed on me. But the pain of being outside the relationship, although painful, it I, am, I have the wherewithal, the, the assets, the time, the energy to deal with the emotional, you know, the, the sorrow. Um, and sorrow is a lot easier to deal with than the complete confusing, confusion of, of control and abuse.
0: I love that. That is absolutely beautiful. And the other, the other thing is, too, is that when you're out, you have the capacity to deal with it. But it, it's also like grief. grief is very, very strong and painful at the beginning. But as you walk through it, it eases and gets better until pretty soon. Well, not pretty soon, but a a few years down the road, that pain is actually very minimal or it's gone. And you can look back on it with kind of wisdom and insight, but you you no longer experience that acute sense of pain.
2: And I think it also helps you f- realize when new relationships come into your life, and I'm not talking like an, a new husband or anything. I'm talking any relationship, friend, co-worker, uh, love interest, whatever. I think you get a lot more clarity the more you're able to choose your pain wisely, so to speak, uh, choose your boundaries wisely, understand your responsibility more. you you I, I have to say five years out. I really have a much better group of friends in my life, a much better uh, just culture around me, yeah. because I don't have. Unfortunately, I was choosing friends that were very similar to my husband, my yeah. ex husband, and uh, so I think it, there's there's some extra bonuses there when you when you choose the pain of not having the relationship. Yep, mm-hmm.
0: so this has been a great uh, a great episode. I hope people got a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. um this i just want to close by saying that this episode most of the episodes of the flying free podcast are sponsored by the funds that come in from the private flying free sisterhood education and support community and this group opens up every usually every three months but um and it only opens up for a few days, but you can get on the waiting list by going to joinflyingfree.com. This group offers courses, month uh, expert workshops every month, live events, weekly coaching opportunities, all of this for a very small nominal fee. So, and it, it's been an incredible um, tool for people. Uh, uh, so many women after a year that they've been in it, they will say, I feel like a completely different person. So if you feel like you're ready for something that's more, um, if, you like, if you feel like you're ready to do your, transfer, your transformation, like let's get into that cocoon, turn into a pile of goo and let's come out a butterfly. I encourage you to check it out. You can get all the details at joinflyingfree.com. Otherwise, we're done. So until next time, fly free.